This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Hey, this morning we're going to jump right into our service, and I want you to know we're going to start at the very beginning of the Word of God today as we celebrate this Christmas Eve. I don't know about you, but I love Christmas. Come on, anybody else? But today I want us to think about this. In the beginning of the Word of God, it tells us that God created the heavens and the earth. And in Genesis, we read the creation story. And we see that God also created man. So God creates Adam. Of course, he's the first man. And he lives in the Garden of Eden. And he's there in fellowship with the Lord. In Genesis chapter 2, we see that Adam is told by the Lord not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because the Lord says, if you do, there will be consequences that ultimately will come. And scripture shows us that God saw it was also good that Adam not be alone. He saw that Adam needed someone there with him. So we know that, that God created Eve there for Adam. And so the couple lived in the garden together in such a wonderful place. If you think about it, they were living in a place where there was no sin. They were living in a place where there was no shame. Living in a place of no pain living in a place just full of peace, full of joy, full of the glory of God. And that's how they lived daily in fellowship with the Lord. But unfortunately, as we know, after some time, they sinned. And unfortunately, that changed everything for everyone, not just them, but for us as well. And because of what they did, y'all, sin entered the world. And because of what they did, we're now all sinners. Now, this morning, you may be thinking about that and saying, well, that's kind of depressing, Gene. The other thought you could be having is, is, well, that doesn't seem very fair. But there's actually some really good news to this. You see, as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, God had a plan. As soon as the fall took place, God put into motion a solution to fix the sin issue. And that was that he would send his son so that all of us could have his righteousness. Can we all say that together? His righteousness. His righteousness. In the Old Testament, Numerous prophecies were spoken about the coming Messiah. Through the prophet Jeremiah, the Lord said that the coming Messiah, our Savior, would be a descendant of David. The prophet Micah declared that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And then in Isaiah, we see the Messiah would be born of a virgin, something that would even seem impossible. But I want you to know the birth of this child was not going to be like any other. The word says he would be called Emmanuel. Come on, can we say that together? Emmanuel. He would be God with us. 
Amen. You can have a seat. If we fast forward hundreds of years from those prophecies that were spoken, we see that there's a young girl excited about her engagement. This young female was probably in the neighborhood of about 13, maybe 14 years old, and she has a visitation from the angel Gabriel. Whenever we go to Luke 1, starting in verse 26, it said, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Verse 37, somebody needs to hear this today for nothing. Come on, somebody say it together. Nothing for nothing is impossible with our God. Nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. God had a very special plan for, for Mary's life. His favor was truly on her. Now we can imagine as a young girl who had recently been engaged, she had plans. I don't know about you, but whenever we had our engagement, everybody started working on wedding plans. And I'm sure for, for females, you're thinking about all the details of what's going to happen with the wedding. But not only that, you're even thinking about after the wedding. You're thinking about how life will look with your husband. You're thinking about the future children. You're thinking about all these things that probably most females think about whenever they've been engaged, the usual things. But at that moment, the fact that God had sent Gabriel, the messenger angel, to her, that was such a significant moment in her life that she was willing to completely put off all of her plans. Completely willing to just set those plans to the side, even if it meant that her life wasn't going to look the way she had imagined that it would look. Mary's response to Gabriel was something extremely significant. She said, let it, to be, let it be to me according to your word. Now, I want you to think about that response just for a minute. And I want to ask you this question. Is that the response you will give the Lord whenever he asks you to do something? I have to ask this question to myself as well. Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Now, I want you to know this. He's not going to ask you 
to do what he asked Mary to do. But whenever he asks you to, to take time to pray with someone who desperately, desperately has a need in their life, will you respond as Mary did? Or whenever you see somebody who's just hurting and they so just need someone to listen to them, will you respond the way that Mary responded? If maybe there's a young person that you know of that's not got a mother or a father and you can maybe play some kind of small role in their life to make truly a difference in their life, will we respond the way Mary did? Or what about the person that just doesn't have any relationship with Jesus? And honestly, your obedience to him, to the Holy Spirit, whenever he's prompting you is literally a life and death, heaven and hell difference in their life. Will you respond the way that Mary responded? Will you say it like Mary did? Let it be to me according to your word.
to nine months after the angel Gabriel visits Mary. Mary and Joseph, they're traveling as we know. They're in Bethlehem because of the census. And it's time for a baby to show up. As we know, Mary ultimately has the child in something very similar to that of a barn. She lays the child into a manger, which is basically like a feed trough as well. But whenever Jesus was born, Mary wasn't the only one who had had an angelic visitation during this process. After Jesus was born, there are some others that are visited by angels as well. Luke 2 verse 8 says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Come on, somebody say good news today. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. The King James Version says, Glory to God in the highest, and peace, goodwill towards men. Verse 15, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So in verse 9, you see this angel comes to the shepherds and, and he tells them, he says, listen, I've got good news. It's going to affect all people. The Savior of the world has been born. And by the way, let's remember that that Savior was born in Bethlehem as was prophesied. Let's remember that the Savior was born to a virgin as was prophesied. The Savior was born to Mary who was from the house of David, and even Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, was also from the house of David. Everything worked out exactly as the Lord had spoken hundreds of years prior. But then in verse 13, we see that it says, suddenly a host or an army of angels appear, and they announce peace. They announce peace. Now, normally, whenever we see the presence of an army, it doesn't mean that peace is about to take place. Normally, the presence of an army means that things are about to get difficult. Things are about to get hard. But the army that the Lord sent brings peace. Just think about that for a minute. Our God is a God of peace. Whenever you're in the presence of God, you can't help but find peace. Amen. I want you to think about this though. This peace that they spoke of was the peace between God and people. 
It was the healing of the estrangement and separation that was caused by sin. And so God's solution to the sin issue from all the way back in Genesis that we talked about, it had just been born. And I want you to think about this. Mary had to be overwhelmed, had to be overwhelmed with all that had taken place in her life just in those short nine months. It says in verse 19, she treasured up all the things and pondered them in her heart. Let's put ourselves just in Mary's place for a moment. She had to be in awe over the fact that nine months prior, Gabriel had come to her and said, you're going to have a child even though you're a virgin. She had to be in awe over the fact that Joseph had stayed with her during the nine months, given the fact that truthfully in that culture, adultery could ultimately end in death for someone. She had to be in awe that Joseph was faithful and said, you know what? I know this is of God and we're going to stick this thing out together and we're going to do God's plan. She had to be in awe over that. She had to be in awe over the newborn that she was holding at that moment. She had to be in awe that these shepherds traveled and nobody else knew anything about this child being born except for she, Joseph, and of course the Lord. But then you've got men that travel to worship the child that had just been born. Can you just imagine the emotions that were just going on on the inside of her? And the word says that she treasured, she pondered those things. I think at that moment she saw God's favor truly on her life. I think at that moment she realized she was exactly in the place she needed to be. And rather than focusing on what wasn't right, she focused on the goodness of God. Rather than focusing on her surroundings, which were actually probably livestock and, I don't know, livestock feed and hay and that sorts of things, rather than focusing on what she dealt with, with maybe her family giving her a hard time because she's telling them, listen, I promise you, the angel came to me and said that I would be pregnant. And I promise you, I've not done anything I'm supposed to. Rather than focusing on what would have been nine really hard months and what was going on at that moment with her surroundings, she focused on the goodness of God. And she knew she was exactly in the place that she was supposed to be doing the thing that she was supposed to be doing. In life, we have tough, tough seasons that we walk through. But do we do like Mary? Do we look back at his goodness in our life? Have we, have we stored those things right here to where we always go back and we always remember what he's done in our life?
understanding today. So Jesus was on earth for 33 years. His ministry started at the age of 30. In case you didn't know, Old Testament priests, their ministry started at the age of 30. And 30 is God's numeric number for maturity, actually. But while he was on earth, he did nothing but good, of course. But ultimately, he came to earth to give his life for you and I. Amen. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And as we said earlier today, that because of Adam's sin, we're all guilty of sin. And so there has to be a penalty for sin. And Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin and death, for the wages of sin is death. Y'all, even good works cannot make up for the wrongs against a holy God. But God himself, our amazing God, provided the only sacrifice, and that was his son Jesus, who could atone for the sins of his people. And 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And because of his love for you and I, Jesus gave his life and he was the perfect sacrifice for us. And three days later, he walked out of the grave as well. So God's perfect son fulfilled God's perfect requirement for God's perfect law. And he offers every one of us the free gift of salvation, just like the end of Romans 6.23 says. So today, why don't we celebrate? Why don't we celebrate? Because Jesus came to earth and we can be made right with God Almighty. The Prince of Peace was born and we can have a life full of peace. Amen. plan to save us all. And, and today, if you don't know the Lord, we're going to give you the opportunity to receive this gift of salvation. In Romans 10, 9, it says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want you to know this, the gift of salvation is for everyone, according to Romans 10, 13. It says everyone, come on, somebody say everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Doesn't matter your past. Doesn't matter any other beliefs you've had in the past. At any point, you can turn to our God. At any point, you can turn to our God. Your past does not matter. The depth of your sin from the past does not matter either. 
because the blood of Jesus, he was the perfect sacrifice and his sacrifice took care of every possible sin and took care of your past. So today, if you were to just say, hey, Gene, um, I'm not 100% sure that that I've accepted God's gift of salvation. You may say, listen, I believe in God, but I don't really have a relationship with Him. Today, if you want to know for sure that you have a relationship with Jesus, because I want you to know this, there's only one way to heaven. There's not multiple routes to get to heaven. There's one way, and it's through Jesus Christ. The Word tells us that. But if you want to make sure that you know the Lord today, if you want to make sure that you're right with God, we're going to all pray together. Can we do that? Come on, can we all just pray together? Y'all just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and that you rose from the dead. Today I turn from my sins and I invite you into my heart I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and as my Savior. Amen. Come on, give God some praise today. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.